Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me as always, Wheels Wienaker. Wheels, episode 101. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very excited to be speaking to my uh, Pool of Pools co-owner. Yeah, so before we get into that, let, let's uh, let's read a couple of emails that we got uh, uh, last week, after last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one will remain anonymous. Here's the email in full. It was sent to you, actually. You forwarded it to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, Keith, I want to be honest. I thought Chester would be in the Pool of Pools and it would be something discussed and analyzed and argued about on the podcast that everyone was in a, that everyone was a part of. I feel like that was part of the pitch to join in. Any chance you can get him to join? And if not, any chance I can get my money back? So people were so upset by my absence that, yeah. they, <laughs> that they, um, they, they wanted a refund. And then uh, we got another email from Nick Nickish. He said, I was just listening to the 100th podcast. And for what it's worth, I was on the fence about joining the pool of pools because the entry was a little higher than I was comfortable with for something that I'm only 50% knowledgeable about. No interest in basketball, very casual interest in baseball. But when you said you weren't going to be running it, that made my decision. I don't know how Akiva runs pools, but I know that you're serious about it after the NFL pick and pool and figured it wasn't worth it if there wasn't going to be a dozen charts each month. So, Keeve, you're, uh, you're kicking me out slash me uh, can't, dropping myself out. Uh, cost us uh, uh, memberships in the pool of pools. Well, I didn't kick you out. Um, a few things. First of well, all, you tried to claim you did when I tried to quit. First of all, Nick, that's absurd. That's like me saying I'm a better lawyer than Chester, him being better at pools. He's better at charts. But I've been doing this since fifth grade, and, like, I come up with these ideas and get a lot of people to join, and, like, I know what people like. There's never any fights. There's never any drama. With Chester, it's Well, there's never any fights like or drama boring. because you're just the dictator. You don't, you don't yeah, allow anybody to contribute that's how it opinions. works. If, if you're a benevolent dictator, that's how things work. You're, 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 like, you're, you're like Trump pointing to, to the fact that Putin wins with 99% of the vote as a positive. Well, because you don't allow anybody else on the ballot. Do you think someone else would be a better leader of Russia than Putin right now? No. Putin is clean <laughs> house. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. You don't like Putin because you're not on his team, but he's like Bill Romanowski. If he was on your team, you'd love him. Yeah. Well, we you you already established that you're a pro pro dictator, so we know that. Anyway, um, the idea that uh, you send boring emails, uh, you spam people with too much nonsense. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, Nick Nickish disagrees. <laughs> uh, the members of my fantasy league disagree as well. Yeah. Um, people anyway, fight to get into my league. Anyway, the there's, important there's thing- literally a waiting list for our fantasy our, football league. Yeah. We are. Um, now, co-owners, uh, you will start taking over the charts starting next month. Uh, and uh, things. Yeah, are lo- so basically, so in last up. week's podcast, we fought about Pool of Pools some more. Mm-hmm. And um, you begged me to, to co-own your team. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, there was an uproar. The, the membership wanted, uh, wanted uh, the chest back in the league. So, so you've given me uh, half of your uh, investment. Yeah, I gave up a lot of equity for very little in return. 
Yeah. Very little return is, uh, well, I think I caused you a negative this week because I convinced you to uh, take Seattle to cover, and that did not work out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, I guess the, the good news is we'll make all our picks on air. So you say, like, everyone wants you. Like, half the people in the pool have never heard of you, first of all. Like, I've never <laughs> yeah, well, met Okay, so, the, so people. the people who know Bobby Wabi and the others that don't know what they want yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what, what are, we want, you want to make our picks for this week right now, then? Yeah, let's, let's do picks, and then, and then we'll get into Baseball Hall of Fame and Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I also I came up with a chart, a couple of charts I want to discuss this week. All right, you could bury those at the end so people could shut it off beforehand. <laughs> well, one of them is very timely. It has to do with the Chargers moving. So, okay. Yeah, we should have had a Chargers guy on this week. Yeah, well, I'll be the Chargers guy. Okay, you could pretend you're just as big of a Chargers fan as uh... <laughs> as most people from San Diego. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad. Yeah. The char- the charge thing like they really the, nobody wants them in L A like that just insane that they're they're very unwanted yeah it's cr- like, like, nowhere to go owners shouldn't be allowed to move their teams like that like yeah. Goodell the dictator should be in charge this is why dictatorships work because he would not have allowed that he wouldn't allow the team to move to L A well he's not going to force them to stay in San Diego where nobody wants them I know but maybe like then you have St Louis to hold over people's heads I don't know you move a team to Portland. All right, I mean, th- this is very this is very timely for my uh, for my for my chart. So All right, but no, let's, my... let's, yeah, tell me your chart. Okay, so what my chart is is I went through and I ranked uh, every sports CD in America. I ranked them. I thought you wanted to make uh, this its own podcast. We can make it its own podcast. It's just you know it's in the news now because San Diego got a. So I have sort of three different. Let's just make this its own podcast in like a few weeks when we got nothing to talk about. Okay. All right. So we will be ranking sports cities. All right. So Akiva, you got to make your own sports city ranking. Then sure. As well, obviously. Sure. New York one, Minnesota last. The rest a fan could fill in for me. Um, okay. Wait. Do you care? Like, would you stop rooting for a Minnesota team if they left Minnesota? This is the consequence. Yeah. I mean, the answer is yes. The question is why? Because I left Minnesota 15 years ago or more right. by now. Right. If like if it was um, a decent city, like you would still be there probably. Well, if I may be frank, if I was not an Orthodox Jew, I'd still be there. That's the only reason I, I moved out. Okay. You know, if, if I, if, uh, you know, it's, it's, that demographic is not well represented in Minneapolis. But other than that, you know, it's a great city. I'm not going to start uh, extolling Minneapolis, but those who know, know. Um, but yeah, but I would, you know, I stopped being a North Stars fan when they moved to Dallas. Yeah. All right. We discussed that. Yeah. And the Viking, if the Vikings moved, it would be horrible. But luckily that's not happening anytime soon. So they almost moved to San Antonio a few times. Well, Red McCombs was, you know, yeah, big talker. There was, it was more likely they would have moved to L.A. than, than uh, if they hadn't got this new stadium than San Antonio. Anyway, um, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk. Fine. Uh, so I do have my chart, uh, but we'll have to wait another time. Yeah, ranking sports cities. Uh, so you'll have to do your chart. As, you're, you'll have to do your rankings as well, so we can argue about that. Mm-hmm. Fine. So you want to make picks for this week? Yeah, let's do, let's do pool of pool picks. That's uh, picking straight up against the spread and over under for both games. Right. And we are we are eleven and thirteen so far in this pool. Okay, not too hot. No, we're we're but now we're just fighting for placement. The good thing about the pool is like your yeah, every you, place counts. Every place counts. That's right. You you forget yeah. to pick and you're in trouble. Off. Yeah. All right. So the first game, Green Bay at Atlanta. Obviously, uh, I would like to take Green Bay and uh, to win outright and obviously to cover. Yeah, Green Bay is going to win. Green Bay is going to cover. No. Okay, point. we agree. And we were the over under bet. Like if I bet a lot of money in individual games. I would have had not that like ultimately they only won by three, but I would have bet so much money, the most money of any game all year on Green Bay beating Dallas last week. Yeah, and we both did. 
Yeah, well, I'm saying uh, we didn't get a lot of yeah. money out of that. Now, the over-under on this game, Green Bay at Atlanta, is the highest over-under too high. Too high. in NFL history, in playoff history. We got so a 31-28 game, and it's still under, so I'm going yeah. under, too. We're on, we're okay, on the so we're in complete game. agreement there. Uh, sorry, Harry Schaefer. Sorry to all our Falcons fans. You know, I've obviously been disrespecting and underrated the Falcons all year. I thought Seattle was going to win on Saturday. That obviously did not happen. I, I, by the way, Atlanta can win this game. I'm just like it's possible. Yeah, last time they, like last time they played was 33-32. Yeah, so, they win know. three or four times out of ten. They just they you know they just. Uh... Yeah, I was very surprised by this line. By the way, uh, uh, you know, my guessing against Bill and Sal this week, I, I got I lost two zero to both. Oh, of them. we're wait, we're um, burying the lead. We're burying the lead of the whole podcast. <laughs> so Chester, if people don't know, guesses the lines. Well, we've obviously done it many times on this podcast. Guesses the lines against Bill Simmons and Sal, uh, which they do on their Monday podcast every. Football. And I've been doing it since two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing it for years, and you tweeted after the final guessing or uh, this week's guessing, you tweeted. Um, Hey, I beat. Um, I'm, you know, I'm over in the last seven years. I'm winning four to three to zero over Bill Simmons and cousin Sal, and then it was years. like, you, you, and then you, I had you, breakdown by weeks and by, by, and and by, by points, number of games. Like, you're and off by number like twenty four hundred points, and he's off yeah, exactly. twenty three hundred fifty point two points. But you didn't tag him. You subtweeted Bill and Sal. Well, just because I didn't have enough space in, in the in the tweet. Actually, at first I had their 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 Handles. Twitter names. Not that but, yeah, I read. Could see it, but Sal, you know, has few enough followers that it's. And what are people tweeting him about? Like, for sure he would see it. Um, so I went and I said, hey, I retweeted it. And I said, hey, Sal, did you know that you were losing this contest that you didn't even know you were participating in? Well, I did, I did say that in my tweet. I said the contest they're not even aware of. Yeah. I was self-deprecating. Yeah. And Sal, uh, you know, listen. And we've an discussed later. on this podcast before how bad they both are at it. Yeah. Although they're actually closer than I thought. Like Simmons has actually beaten you three to seven years. Isn't isn't so bad. Yeah, well, in my defense, the, the rule when I first did this for the first couple of years was I was not allowed to be sober when I was making my right. picks. Right, I, I had to give myself a handicap. Yes, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I had never done it before. They'd been doing it for years. Um, so I tweeted at Sal and said, you know, were you aware? And he retweeted it within the hour saying, at HSR99, you were both a very sad and bored man. Yeah. And a lot of people and, and agreed. The, yeah, well, people the board part, he's wrong, wrong, obviously. He's wrong about the board part. Well, yeah, to you, this is the most exciting thing you've ever done. Yeah, my my brother has just started listening to our podcast actually, and he or to podcasts in general, including this one. Mm-hmm. And he said the biggest problem with this podcast is too many charts, <laughs> too many rankings of, of esoteric sports things. Right. It's Let's like say. if you grew up in a family with alcoholics, and then you like listen to the their podcast, and they were talking about going drinking every Saturday night and Thursday night and Tuesday night. They would say like too many, too much alcohol talk. But your brother, who's like just coming, he's probably in like you know Chartist and Anon or something. Where for like family members of people who make ridiculous charts all day. Oh, see, I see. I was saying I don't even think my brother's really aware of my chart making because Real? this is. Oh, you know, so you kept it secret. I got it. Well, chart making is like masturbation. You know, again, you, you do it as as I said on the hundred last week. You, you do it in the privacy of your own bedroom. You do it for your own pleasure. It's not about anybody else. Nobody uh-huh. knows what's going on in there. My yeah. door's shut. I'm with my laptop. Who knows? Unfortunately, your wife has walked in on you charting many hundreds of times. <laughs> she has. That's true. But she these found, these wives who a, uh, these wives who get upset shame. when their husbands are doing it, I like I don't understand. Like again, there's many worse things your husband could be doing. You know, and let him chart in peace. Sure, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, although, on for my wife this week, uh, my dad said like a friend of yours uh, told me about this ridiculous pool you're running, and now I'm annoyed because I went down the list and there was no one who could have told him who like uh, who's in it. So I'm like now someone squealed on me to my parents who think I'm working hard and. Didn't even join. Like, at least if you're going to tell me, you better join the pool. So whoever's out there, you got to yeah. join next time. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, so then my wife found out because my dad told my wife about the pool of pools, which I had, you know, kept, uh, kept, you know, secret from her. She doesn't need to know about more pools. Because uh, she thinks, like, football season's over and then that's it. Like, nothing happens except for March Madness for the next, like, eight months. Little did she know, we were just getting started. NBA Survivor yeah. starts February 23rd, and from there, it's like a roller coaster, baby. We're going yeah. from February to December straight. Um, all right, so uh, in the second, the first game, or this, I guess the second game, New England-Pittsburgh. By the way, very annoying this week. I had a whole barbecue planned, and, uh, of course, I'm seven hours ahead of New York time. What are you, are you, like, eating or drinking in the background? What are you doing? Me? Yeah. Not doing anything. Oh, it sounds like you're, like, drinking coffee or something disgusting. No, not um, drinking coffee. Stop, just stop breathing for a second so I can say that. <laughs> That's usually what my wife says in bed. My wife's always <laughs> complaining at night. She's like, stop breathing. I should sleep in different bedrooms. <laughs> oh, you can't. Yeah. You live in Manhattan. It's not so realistic. Yeah. <laughs> but when you when you move out to Jersey, maybe you guys could get separate bedrooms. That would be good. Yeah, we'll both get our own bedrooms. That would be nice. The problem with that is like your kids get older, then they go tell everyone that you sleep in different bedrooms. That's really all the only problem with it. Um, yeah. So... Um, so the, oh, so the, the, the Steelers chiefs game, we had a big barbecue planned for, and then it got moved from one to eight and like eight o'clock there is three o'clock here and forget it. You know, I'm, I'm not, bar- I'm not doing anything at three. I didn't even watch the game. I w- woke up in the morning without knowing who won and watched it on NFL game pass. God's greatest invention. So, um, so this, you know, I'm out of day games. It's really annoying. Like the Super Bowl starts at one eighteen. The, yeah. uh, this week is, yeah. Is when they moved the chiefs Pittsburgh game, it was great for people with families in America, but yeah, it yeah. was terrible for you. Terrible. Anyway, so let's talk about what's the uh, who, who do we have winning the Steelers Patriots game? I mean, I think the Patriots are clearly going to win. Yeah. Now, do they cover? It's a big spread. It's a little bigger than maybe someone would think. It's at six. Uh, yeah. So I was off. I thought it'd be seven and a half. I thought it'd be even well, bigger. For our but... pool, it's six and a half because we don't do whole numbers. For yeah, six curve. and a half. So I think I actually would say uh, let's pick Pittsburgh because a lot of people are coming in on Pittsburgh. People think yeah, it's going to be a closer game. I, I think it'll be close. I don't think they're blowing anybody out. Pittsburgh's going to be able to move the ball on them. Uh, the right. Patriots defense is literally like league average. All right. And that over under, I don't have a strong opinion. What's that? 50 and a half? Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty. Cl- I mean, listen, the over unders are good. You know, they're there for a reason. Uh, yeah. I- I'd say under. But if you, you want to argue. Um, well, the thing is, neither one of these teams has a great defense. I mean, New England's no. defense is pretty good. Pittsburgh has no defense. Right. But, but New England also will have games where like they'll give it to Lewis or Blunt a lot and like. They'll be up seven nothing, but also be like the first, after the first time they get the ball, it'll be like three minutes left in the first quarter, and you'll be like, "Ooh, you know, unders looking good because they do have a lot of clock eating drives in certain types of yeah, games." But I think what Patriots. we've clearly learned from these four quarterbacks is the fact that you know you could have three scores in the last two minutes. It's of the game, true. Easily. It's true. You're never safe. Yeah, I don't uh, care. You want to take the under? We take the under. I have no strong opinion here. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the, we also have a mechanism. We haven't really done it yet, but like, because what happens if the two of us argue and we're split on something? Like, Fight I'm sure that'll death. happen with. We could fight to death, or we'll have like we have to have a draft for who wins tiebreakers for pools. But we could do that next month. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I actually speaking of the quarterbacks, so I, I went ahead and made a uh, a chart of uh, ranking every single uh, NFL playoff quarterback in history. Okay. And I ranked. Uh, uh, you had to have uh, started a minimum of five games to make. I mean, I ranked everybody who played even one game. Uh, I have them on my chart, but to make to make the top ninety, you had to have uh, played at least five games. So I think that it's interesting because there's really a lot of, you know, people have been asking to see my all-time quarterback rankings. And I think that's something we might do actually right after the Super Bowl maybe because, you know, part of that will be impacted. Well, I'm telling you now we're not doing it right after the Super Bowl. 
All right, well, but, but we'll do it at some point. But yeah, um, in, well, no, we said we will do We'll blow it out in July or August since we're not doing the 30, well, speaking to all 32 okay, fans. maybe. Yeah. I'm not, um, after, after football's over, it's over. It's like we're not going to do an Olympics pool now, you know, list now because no one cares anymore. The things only right. matter when they're on. But the point is, at least for my, my playoff quarterback rankings, obviously these guys can move up or down a lot based on what's happened the next couple of days. Um, so would you like to guess where I have Tom Brady ranked all-time among playoff quarterbacks? Yeah, people have been messaging me this week. You know, Brady's quarterback rating in the playoffs is only 86. So I'm going to say 11th. 87.4. So okay. I had made a point last year of pointing out that Brady and Peyton Manning had almost identical uh, quarterback rankings. And right now they actually are identical. They're both 87.4. Um, so it's a little bit unfair, obviously, because when a guy has more games, you know, Brady's played 32 playoff games. Nobody else is even close. You know, Peyton's at 27. And then, um, you know, Favre's at 24. Montana's at 23. And, you know, everybody, everybody else is below that in the teens. So it's unfair because the more games he has, he's going to have some stinkers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Brady sixth on my list. And actually, uh, there is one active quarterback who I have uh, one spot ahead of him. I have Aaron Rodgers, fifth. All right, who are your top four? Okay, so I have Bart Starr, number one. Okay. He's, he, you know, he only played ten games, but again, there was only one playoff game for most of his career. Right. Um, but, you know, his, the thing is, what's impressive, especially in his era, when there were as, as many interceptions as, as touchdowns, is mm. the fact that he just never turned the ball over. In the playoffs, he had 15 touchdowns and three interceptions. His Chester quarterback ranking is 104.3. There's nobody else with more than five games played who's even who's you know north of 100. The only guy north of 100 at all is Jeff Hostetler, who is at 102, but he only played five games. You know, he basically had that one you know Super Bowl run with the Giants. Uh-huh. So, um, so, so Bart Starr, you know, he uh, he played 10 playoff games. He won nine of them. You know, he won the first two Super Bowls. He won a bunch of NFL championships before the Super Bowl existed, and you know, he he never turned the ball over. And so uh, he's number one. He just edges Joe Montana. You know, who obviously, you know, won the four Super Bowls like Brady, but he had a lot fewer stinkers than Brady. Um, uh, Montana's uh, Chester quarterback ranking, for example, is 89.1 versus Brady's is 83.7. So I have Montana number two. I have Kurt Warner number three. Wow. I mean, that's not so surprising. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, he, he didn't have, you know, he, he won the one title with the Rams, but he also took the Cardinals to that title, which was unexpected. He took the Rams to another Super Bowl. Uh, so we played the, the argument Super for Bowls. Warner, and we'll, we'll talk about Warner in a couple minutes when we talk about the Football Hall of Fame, is that if he was on your team, in the years he's playing well, you had a chance to make the Super Bowl, and that to me is why he should be in the Hall of Fame. But he had so few of those years. Okay, fine. But, but a, a Super Bowl is invaluable in the NFL. The whole point is just to win the Super Bowl. And while, you know... Ty Law is a very good player, or uh, you know, or Tony Baselli was an excellent left tackle. Having Tony Baselli, Tony Baselli on your team in and of itself, you know, and he only played eight seasons to begin with, does not mean that you're anywhere near the Super Bowl. Again, he never played well, hold in the on Super a second. Bowl. To be fair, the Rams didn't make the Super Bowl those two years because of Kurt Warner. They also had Marshall Falk, one of the greatest running backs ever. They had Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, two Hall of Fame offensive uh, wide receivers. They sure. had Orlando Pace, a Hall of Fame left tackle. I mean, he their offense within, was literally he came with within Hall of like a San, uh, San Antonio Holmes footstep okay. of of taking a very bad team to the Super Bowl yeah. and winning. Okay, then there, there was that team, but first that Larry Fitzgerald deserves as much if not more credit than Kurt Warner. That was that was sort of an example of the fluke of what can happen in one playoffs. Joe Flacco put the team on his back for two Super Bowl runs also. Mm-hmm. Now, Kurt Warner's better than Joe Flacco. Uh Joe Flacco by the way number 17 on my ranking of uh, playoff quarterbacks. Joe Flacco but, uh, has yeah, two Super Bowl runs? Yeah. What's his other He's, Super Bowl run? They've gone to two Super Bowls. They didn't win both of them. Uh-huh. Didn't the Ravens lose the Super Bowl? What are you talking about? 
I don't know. They beat Colin Kaepernick in this in that in 2012. Yeah, is that the only Super Bowl have... he's made. Yes. I, what are you talking about? So when did he get all his playoff wins? He has ten playoff wins. When did the well, they made they made like a bunch of AFC Championship games in a row. Yeah, and they've lost those all. Okay, and they fine. lost. Right. And the Retract. year they won, they won four. No, you're leaving that in, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why why would you not leave that in? Let people know. You're, all right, I'll leave it. I made a mistake. That's you're fine. You're an dummy. Yeah, the Ravens. I'm a, I'm have, a, what are about? All right, Tony's. So I have Kurt Warner number three. Uh, a bit of a surprise. I have Drew Brees number four. Mm-hmm. No, because uh, he misses the playoffs every year. So when he gets in, he's happy and he plays. Well, him. he's had eleven playoff games. He's six and five in the playoffs. But more I caught so much flack uh, last year, and even on an RHAP podcast when when I didn't cast Drew Brees in a fake season of quarterback survivor and said that the Saints are over and Saints fans are insane and ha- don't realize that their team is just like you know a seven and nine, eight and eight team every year, and they still think that they're the Super Bowl Saints. Like at, at a certain point, like how many playoff seasons does Breeze? Ha- I, what what does Brady miss? Like three, um, something like three AFC Championship games or four AFC Championship games in his career. Yeah, and Drew Breeze has missed what like the playoffs ten times now or something. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, you know, Drew Breeze doesn't have the benefit of the Patriots defense and Bill Belichick, but yeah. Hmm. Well, Bill Belichick doesn't have uh, you know. Listen. We'll find out one day if it's Brady or Belichick, unless they retire together. Anyway, quickly run through the rest of my top ten. It's uh, So I have Rodgers at five, Brady at six. As I said Russell Wilson at seven, Steve Young at eight, Peyton Manning at nine, Terry Bradshaw at ten. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, among I have Ben Roethlisberger at 23 and Matt Ryan at 34. So Matt Ryan obviously you know, could uh, have the most growth depending on uh, what happens in the next two, two games. But, I mean, um, listen, that yeah, could so. be Matt, the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones thing. And I know the other receivers have been playing really well, too. It could be a lot like, you know, the Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald team. Yeah. I mean, what Fitzgerald did in that playoffs was just incredible. Yeah. That I mean, run the, the he... Cardinals almost won a game where they had a 14 point negative swing play. Yeah. Right. The crate basically the, 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 the biggest half. one yeah. of the biggest negative swing plays ever. Yeah, where, but that was know, the year. There was no great team. I mean, neither neither the Steelers nor the Cardinals was a particularly good team that year. No, I've said uh, I watched the Super Bowl at, at Stuardo's house, and it's the only Super Bowl I've ever been at where people were leaving during the game because other than that one play, there was nothing was going on until the fourth quarter. It was really yeah. unwatchable. It also didn't feel like a Super Bowl because those teams were so mediocre, and they you know it, they just it, it, they weren't exciting teams, and the Cardinals really have no sort of you, you know the Dallas Green Bay game last week. Even though it was a great game from the first play. It felt like this is a massive, massive game, right? The stakes just felt really high. Did you think the same thing? Yeah, no, I agree with you. It just felt like this is like an event. Whereas, even though the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh KC game was actually a very competitive, solid game, it felt like this is like a wild card round game. You know, this is like it didn't feel like weighty at all. Yeah. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Arizona game felt like a Week 14 game. Whereas, you yeah. know, if we get New England Green Bay in the Super Bowl, that will feel like you know that's. Uh, I mean, how exciting would it be? Yeah, I, I was really rooting for Casey Atlanta. That would really be the topping on, on like the 2016 cake. But well, so the team, in terms of actually rooting for, so I was rooting for Seattle and Kansas City in terms of who I wanted to see win, and I wanted to see Kansas City win the Super Bowl. Uh, of these remaining four teams, it's really tough who to who to root for. You know, no, you can't root for the Patriots or the Steelers, obviously, unless you're a fan of one of those teams. Yeah. I mean, if you like right? seeing new teams win, you can only really root for Atlanta. Yeah, but 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 the Falcons, the, the Atlanta has fake fans, and the Falcons are a fake franchise, and I'm still bitter about you know the Dirty Bird about 1998. So I have a hard time. I don't want, I don't want to see Atlanta win ever. Set up Jamal Anderson recently. <laughs> um, what tax evasion or something? No, I think it was uh, charting. I think he like yeah. charted by a gas station or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
All right. Um, and then the Packers, obviously, you know, the Vikings' biggest rival. So I, I really – I don't want to see any of these teams win. I, I don't know what to do. What's your rooting interest here? Oh, to be fair, he just exposed himself. He wasn't uh, – I'm not sure what, what else he was doing. Um, he wasn't making an actual chart. My Nothing rooting interest, I, got, uh, I hate the Steelers. I mean, I don't hate them, but I, I'm sick of the Steelers. I'd like to see the Patriots lose a bone-crushing Super Bowl. So Atlanta, Atlanta over New England or Green Bay over New England would be – I mean, I really don't like Rodgers. Like, as a player, he's great, but he just seems so unlikable. I'm more of, I'm more a fan of the other side of the Rodgers family, like the Jordy <laughs> parents' side. Yeah. Um, who are, by the way, clearly monsters. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones who are publicizing the fight. Yes, very much so. Like, he is totally just, unnecessary. Yeah. Although he, he returned Christmas gifts from his parents. That's, yeah. you know, that's pretty uh, I know. I would, like, I could understand, like, oh, I don't want that, like, and I would just, like, leave, throw it in the garbage. Returning it. Is That's so much effort. It's more effort yeah. to return something once than to throw every present for the rest of your life in the garbage. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of effort he's putting in there. Um, yeah, I mean, as a person, first of all, he's obviously really, really smart. You know, like you can't pull anything by him. You know, the, the fact that every time they do, the, you know, the defense tries to sub a guy in or out, he immediately snaps the ball to get the 12 men on the field. I mean, he gets cheating. more free plays than just about anybody. He is really good. He sees that offsides yeah. flag. He's like, all right, we're going for an 80 yard touchdown yeah. on this play. Yeah, and it happens just about every time. Um, yeah, by the way, now that I'm thinking about uh, various charts we've been doing lately, I need to update my TV rankings for 2016. Okay, yeah, then we could talk about this for a second, and then let's do Football Hall of Fame and then Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I, um, I, I don't know how I was unaware of this. I think part of it is because I used to watch Daily Show and Colbert every single day, so I was, you know, even though I was fast-forwarding through commercials on the DVR, I would be aware of everything happening on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Because there's no Comedy Central show I watch consistently, I, you know, I watch shows that are in-season like Amy Schumer or whatever, I had no idea about roast battles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I roast battle. I watched it, and I, when I watch a show, I usually write it down in a list. But I see that at some point it didn't get transferred from like one doc to the next. So I lost it because I, I'll. Tr- it's so. It used to be like here are the shows I watch. I watched Lost, or I watch ER, or I watched Seinfeld. You know, and then you just knew because every show that you watched was twenty two episodes a year, and so it's impossible to forget a show that you watch twenty two episodes a year, right? That's literally impossible. But now that every show's on, you know, uh, t- ten episodes a year, and then they'll and like, you watch for two months in like July, and then you don't think about it. You forget it. You totally forget yeah. about it. It's like, hey, when is you know uh, Broad City coming back? I don't even. I watch Broad City every year. I don't even remember when it's on. I literally yeah. just checked today, and it's like it used to be February, but they're taking an 18th month gap, and it's going to be August this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, and shows like The Leftovers and Nathan for You and um, Review all skipped 2016. Like they're all still on, and they all just skipped a year. Yeah. So it's impossible to remember anyway. So I watched Roast Battle, and it was great. And I even think I, Mike Bloom and I discussed podcasting about it, but we didn't realize like how great it was until – like people didn't start talking about it till two or three nights into the four-night show, so it was too late to really podcast about. Um, but I think uh, – so we will that, – that it's coming on. It's four nights. It's like a roast tournament. Uh, it's really funny. January twenty sixth, a week from a week from next Thursday. Yeah, so we'll, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll there's a few TV shows. Maybe we'll do like mini, you know, like fifteen minutes on that, and fifteen minutes on a couple other TV shows we have in mind um, for that for the week between uh, the conference championship game and the Super Bowl. My idea was to rank all fifty Super Bowls, and I even thought it would be funny if we went back and watched all fifty. But apparently, you're like you claim to be the best dad of all time or something, and you don't want to like, <laughs> ignore ignore your kids for seven days just to watch every Super Bowl. I also, I, I still, I'm trying to catch up on the Americans. I got I to gotta catch up on Young Pope now. Are you watching Young you know, Pope? First of all, catch up. There's been one episode. I think there's been two, actually. Oh, really? And no, well, I'm not going to watch is, Young Pope. So, so here's a tragedy. My parents canceled HBO this week. 
That's been my HBO Go. Uh, that's been the way I've watched HBO you? Go for years. They didn't discuss this with you? No. I, I, I just tried to log in to watch Young Pope the other night, and it didn't work. So I emailed Why my dad. I said, cancel HBO? Did I cancel it? Do you cancel HBO? He didn't even know we had it. He's like, is that is that a movie channel? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, because uh, we don't watch movies, so we cancel movie channels. So uh, fortunately, my in-laws uh, still get HBO, so I got to find out their password. So I can, uh, oh, I was going to say, if a listener wants to give Chester his password, you know <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll get it from uh, from the in-laws. So, um, yeah, but so if I was redoing my rankings of 2016 shows, Game of Thrones is still mm-hmm. number one. Yeah. But uh, I slip in – I slip in. Um, I mean I did a deep dive on Roast Battle. I watched like all of season one, season two, every single little clip of video, everything online, everything that I could find I, I consumed. I would put that number two, bump everything down one, billions drops off the top ten. Sorry, billions. What do you uh, think so. of the – there have been some close battles. So what they're doing now is they're doing regionals for these few weeks. Yeah. Too, regionals uh, are great. Although they don't explain what they are, like does the winner of each regional matchup make it to the, no, they don't the explain, show? No, yeah, they don't explain exactly because so also they're reserving some be, spots for bigger names, celebs. Yeah, these are not going to be, and also they've I think done more than sixteen battles already, um, or close to it, and they still have another week. So it's not totally clear. Just winning a regional does does that get you on the show? Maybe the first episode they'll do like a like a little bit where yeah. they have like for uh, pool of pools. Maybe we should make uh, the sixteen person bracket. Of no, the, think, uh, well, the roast battle all, finals. Oh, of a show that four people watch. Yeah, that's a great idea. People, people are crying about golf and soccer, which is you know soccer is only watched by half the, the free world. Um, uh, more people I know watch roast battle than golf. One. <laughs> yeah, one to zero. Okay. Anyway, no, my father in law uh, watches golf. Sorry. We can we can bet on it. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's uh, except for the li- the finale. I think it's. Uh, Air, you know, it's not live except for the finale. So, <laughs> I, you will the same way people wanted to put wrestling in the pool of pools. I said, okay, we can put wrestling, but anyone who knows how to Google is going to get the picks mostly right. Yeah, like, I, I I always stay unspoiled on wrestling, but I know if you like go before, like things leak in hours beforehand, it'll be like so and so is like you know you bet a thousand dollars to win a thousand dollars and fifty cents on him winning tonight. It's like, oh, he's, <laughs> He's been told he's he was one, and he told his family. Oh, there are there are there actual lines you can actually bet on it. Yeah, I imagine it's pretty um, regulated because yeah, there's a lot no, of people know. You know, it's like the British books, and it's I'm sure you can't bet more than like ten bucks on it. Yeah. Okay. So it's just yeah. All right. And I'm sure they okay, respond. So now you want to argue about uh, the baseball hall of fame and the football well, hall of fame? Let's football because right? we were just talking about Kurt Warner, and then we'll go to baseball second. Okay. And also, baseball will be outdated because by the time this is released, the it will be announced. So with football, let's let's also let's talk about um, who will make it, and then we could then we could say who should make it. Okay. In baseball, who, we, who, you know, we could who say will who will make it. Will make it much who will make it is always much less interesting to me, as you know. When it comes to you know MVP votes, Cy Young votes, All Stars, anything in any sport, I do my own. So I don't really care about what actually happens because okay, those but we still want to complain about it. Sorry, right. I, I think that there's one stone cold lock this year. Do you okay. agree? There's one stone cold lock. Is that Tomlinson? Yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson's obviously getting in. Okay, and I think, T.O. only and I because he didn't T.O. get in last year. He didn't year. get in last year, but there was a big backlash to it. There yeah. was a big receiver um, logjam, and there's only it's only him and Bruce. So I think he gets in, and Bruce, if he doesn't get in, and I think he's on the bubble, he'd probably get in next year. Yeah. Now you're only talking That's about. True. Yeah. I'm only okay. talking about who, so, who will get in. You, you, well, you're, ta- and you're talking about the 15. You're not talking about the two contributors and then the Veterans Committee. No, because selection. who cares about those? Yeah, we're not talking about yeah. those. It's five out of 15 get voted on, and generally all five get voted in, sometimes four. Yeah, okay. So so to me, T.O. Is the, is the number one guy on this list. I have him as the number three wide receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. T.O. is a no-doubt inner circle Hall of Famer. He's got to be on the list. 
Likewise, Tomlinson, I have him yeah. the number five all-time running back inner circle. To me, those are the two. Slammed up, no question, should be in the Hall of Fame in any circumstance. So let's talk about who let's, who's, who should not. Of these 15, who, who are like the bottom few people that aren't even in the conversation? Okay, so Kenny Easley, who's the veterans guy. No, let's not talk about the veterans people. They're not in the 15. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, Don Coryell, the head coach, uh, we discussed this last year. To me, it's a hell no. Yeah. I mean, like, it's hard I to understand. gauge his value. Like, that he well, should be in gauge a, his value as an actual coach. He, right. he should, right. he he should be in the contributor's team. wing or something. Like, that's totally separate. No, but I have, I have a ranking of every NFL head coach of all time, and I have a number 54. Yeah, but if, he, was, if he had, like, revolutionary offense, offensive ideas, like, that's fine, but he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be getting in over – you know, over uh, the Corona. coaches who won way more games. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So right. He's the only coach. There, um, so no Coriel. Who else? Yeah. The other nose to me, uh, Tony Baselli. I have him as the 52nd best tackle of all he time. Just, he didn't Very play he enough. Like eight years. He played but eight he, years. But, exactly. But, a, but the exact same thing as Terrell Davis. I mean, oh, they were Terrell Davis next on my list. I have yeah. Terrell Davis as the 35th best running back of all time. But if you said like best eight years, Terrell Davis moves up into the top 10. Uh, no. And I'll tell you why. Because Terrell Davis, as you said, he played, uh, I mean, he really only played five and a half seasons. He played 78 right. games, okay? Mm-hmm. 78 so his games. Se- I mean, his 78 games would go over anybody's 78 games except for, like, Sanders. Again, no, and, and here's how we do it. In his 78 games, he had mm-hmm. 8,887 yards from scrimmage, mm-hmm. 8,800 yards of scrimmage, right? Yeah. 65 touchdowns, three Pro Bowls, okay? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a little bit of the Ezekiel Elliott thing where it's like every Hold single on. one of their linemen was dominant. Matt Nalen. Hold on. And, yeah. That also true. But let's just look at what he did on the field. Forget about the fact that he had a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame mm-hmm. tight end, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Arian Foster just retired this year, played 80 games, the exact same length as Terrell Davis, mm-hmm. exact same length career, mm-hmm. 8,873 yards from scrimmage, only 14 less than Terrell Davis, 68 touchdowns, three more. Arian Foster played as long as Terrell Davis and put up exactly identical numbers and had one more Pro Bowl season, by the way, four Pro Bowls versus three. Uh, well, let's not um, talk about Pro Bowls too much. Okay, but, right, okay, so but no, the point I is, agree. We both agree Davis is not getting but, in. But but, enough, but you can't yeah, even say, oh, he was really good in. for his short career. That's not even true. I Aaron won't say offensive lineman. good okay. for just offensive lineman. Career. I mean, but you didn't watch him play much. Like, Terrell Davis was, in his best years, was the only running back I've seen in the last 20 years other than Barry Sanders, who would occasionally have, like, a 13-carry negative two-yard playoff game, um, you know, who was absolutely dominant. He was untackable. You know, in his prime years, he just get you know it would be a big game or a playoff game. He was he was good for a buck forty. The same way, I, like I, I understand how good he was, but again, as as you said, we have to take into account the fact that he was on a team. No, but I agree, he shouldn't famous. get in. No, he, his and his career was way too short. And Baselli's, but I, I will say, yeah. offensive linemen generally fare the best once they get this far. And there are a bunch of offensive linemen this year. Um, there's a guard, there's a tackle, there's a center, and then there's Baselli, another a second tackle. Yeah. So there's there's one more there's one more offensive lineman that to me is another hell no. That's Joe Jacoby. I have him as the 37th best tackle of all time. He's a class example. Anybody who played on Washington in the 80s gets overrated. Yeah. Because and everybody like Joe Gibbs. Every, and, every single player here has played in the last you know since 2004, except for well Coriel's a coach, except for Jacoby, who's who you know retired in 1993. So I'm not even sure he was still on the ballot. Like it's. Uh, it's a he's bunch of modern players. That, well, no, I, I, the, the, I, don't, I don't know when you get kicked off the ballot, but it's weird that he's not off. Yeah, so to me, the hell knows are Jacoby, Davis, Baselli, Coriel, and then Easley. Those are the guys who, uh, to me, are absolute well, knows. Okay. There's, there's one more note. with Easley because yeah. There's one more note to me, which is Ty Law. I have him as the 22nd best cornerback of all time. I agree. Time. Ty Law was a pro bowler, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And we also, Ty Law play, excellent, excellent player, uh, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Again, twenty second best type of guy. He won't even. Be, can, I, can I tell you the he other guys? He won't even make the fifteen next year. By the way, he's of everyone here because 
for not Terrell Davis, but he was a super duper star, NFL MVP. Tony Baselli, you know, number one pick, dominant left tackle when he played. Like Law is not even going to be on this list next. Yeah, year. can I tell you the guys who are right above and below Law on my quarterback ranking? Because they all played mm-hmm. in the same era, so you can get the kind of idea. Eric Allen, Sam Madison, Troy Vincent. So they're yeah, all I mean, guys Eric Allen was who made, probably, you know, between four and six player. Pro Bowls, who made between two and three All mm-hmm. Pros. You know, good players, yeah. but you know, the cutoff. Everybody in my top seventeen is a Hall of Famer, other than Champ Bailey, Charles Woodson, Rondé Barber, who will be, and then Darrell Rivas, who's still playing. So to me, the top seventeen is right. the Hall of Fame. And you know, and Law played fifteen years, which I think is the reason why he makes this list. Even yeah, but Eric Allen played as long as he did. Troy Vincent played as long as he did. They both actually played more games yeah. than he did. And you know, again, they're very, they're yeah. very similar players. I mean, they're very. I'd say I would agree that they're that they're those. I mean, I'd probably rank them Allen, Law, then Madison. I think Madison was clearly three of those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, Law was he was a shutdown corner on his best day, but not for fifteen years. So I agree. He's not there. Who else? Yeah. So then then I have two guys who are borderline guys. We discussed both of them last year. One is John Lynch. Mm-hmm. So I have him as the 11th best safety of all time. Yeah, which I think that's Hall of Fame caliber. Well, I, it, of, when five guys get in a year, it's tough to squeeze him in. But I think he's Hall of Fame so, caliber. So above him, everybody's in the Hall of Fame except for Ed Reed, Brian Dawkins, and Troy Polamalu, who will be. Okay. But, well, Dawkins is on this list. And Palomalu and Reed are locks yeah, to be we'll in the Hall of Fame because the media yeah. loves them. Johnny Robinson, uh, number 10 for me uh, on the Chiefs in the 1960s, not on the Hall of Fame. Um, he was a free safety and a running back, actually. We can discuss that. Uh, Darren Sharper, one below yeah, John Lynch. Darren Sharper will not be making the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, much to Peter King's chagrin. So, so, <laughs> but then below that, I agree. Below that, I only have two Hall of, there's only two other Hall of Fame safeties. There's not a lot of Hall of Fame safeties in, in the league. Mm-hmm. So to me, Okay. He's really he's really on the border, basically. Steve Atwater, we discussed last I think year, was a finalist last year. If one of them was in, they'd be better. I think Lynch is more involved in the media. He's one of the main announcers for Fox. I think Lynch probably, in the in the media's eyes, doche or pushes ahead of Brian Dawkins. And I think Lynch has a very good chance of making it in this year, actually. Yeah. I think one of those guys get in the room. If either of them get in, get in the final five, they're getting the nod. I, I, and it'll be good for the other one also if one gets in because the other one had a good it would have a good chance. Dawkins was an excellent player for a very prominent team, which is what you need to make, make the Hall of Fame unless you're a quarterback. Um, so I, I think Lynch I, Lynch is actually one of my five. I have him predicted as getting in, but he's he's fifth. Like I'm not I'm not wouldn't be shocked at all if he doesn't make it. Okay, so you brought up Kurt Warner before. We argued about him last year also. So mm-hmm. there's a there's so first of all, and I and I'm sure I said this last. Well, let me say I think he is getting in. Yeah. My, I, I, I already said, um, I just said Lynch and I said Tomlinson and T.O. So I think the, I think, I think Tomlinson, T.O., Lynch, um, Tomlinson, T.O., Lynch, uh, who, who am I missing? Oh, Kurt Warner. And then, uh, Alan Fanica is my, is yeah. my fifth guy who, I think Fanica is, uh, probably, probably third on the list of getting in. Fanica's almost definitely Yeah, so Fanica's in. third on my list after T.O. and Tomlinson. He's the fifth best guard of all time to me. He's a no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. I have two other first ballot Hall of Famers, in my opinion, who should be in. If it was up to me, the five would be T.O., Tomlinson, Fanica, Brian Dawkins, who I already mentioned, the fifth best safety of all time, mm-hmm. and Jason Taylor, the defensive end. All right, so you're saying Taylor, I'm saying Warner, but uh, we're in this, and I'd have t- Taylor definitely has a chance. Um, I always hated him. He, then he ended up playing for the Jets, which was yeah. weird. After he was already speaking done. of the Jets, but yeah, Taylor has the other guys on this who I yeah. who I also think should be in the Hall of Fame, although they're not in my top five. Would be Kevin Mawa. I have him as the Mawai. Yeah, I have him as the seventh best center of all time. Yeah, Mawai was Mawai was a Hall of Famer when he yeah. played. Like it was, you know, he was in the Pro Bowl every year as a center. He was elite. Um, what's amazing is uh, there's a lot of guys on this list that played for the Jets. Mawai, Ty Law, Alan Fanica, 
um, LT, and Jason Taylor. Five of the 15 guys played for the Jets, although none of them are... Uh, Mawai's the only one who would, like, go in, so to speak, as a Jet if that was a thing in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, wear a Jets helmet. And then Morton Anderson, uh, you know, he's the, he's the best kicker of all time. You have to have the guy who's the best at his position in the Hall of Fame. Sorry. I have no problem with Morton. I, I think as these guys, like, and I guess he still has time because Vinitieri is at least five years away from being in the Hall of Fame because he's still playing. Um, the, as the new kickers, once they start getting compared to the old kickers, it's game over for the old kickers. Well, not really because the, the new kickers. Well, okay. Well, the percentages are better, yeah, but the but it's it's also about length of his career, right? Morton Anderson played from. What if they made a special team sp- slot? Like you vote on one special teams guy a year, that would actually like clear up the. But there's there, know, there's the no logjam. The only hall of the only hall of fame kicker there, and actually, um, they on the podcast they discussed this this week. Well, there is because because Steve Tasker isn't on this list, but some years makes it, and he should be in too. Yeah, but but uh, well, I don't really agree with that because the impact of a guy making four tackles a game may you know I I think Steve Tasker was very over- okay, but it's still a position in the NFL, and it, no, you it's know, not. It's the position. It's the position that you put backups. Guys who are good. Listen, designated designated hitters are designated hitters because no, they. The designated hitter, you know, the designated hitter has as many at bats as every other guy in the lineup. Okay, you cannot compare a yeah. special teams player to a designated hitter. A designated hitter is an elite hitter. So should no closers make? Should no closers make the Hall of Fame? Well, that's a separate argument. We'll get to when we get to baseball in a second. But anyways, Morton. Right, Anderson, I think we're up to baseball. We yeah. we discussed everyone. So Morton Anderson. Uh, hold on, wait, so, I have no problem with him making. So it. Morton Anderson to me is the best kicker of all time on my kicker rankings. By the way, I have Gary Anderson number two. You have Morton Anderson ahead of of Adam Vinatieri. So I have Adam Vinatieri number three. On my list, he hasn't played as long as them. Now, in, within a couple of years, he might match them. But again, Morton Anderson kicked; he played 382 games. That's like seven seasons full more than Vinny Terry. That's crazy how long he played. So you got to give him credit for that. And also, you have to compare his percentages relative to the era, right? Yeah. Um, and there's ways to do it. You can look at approximate value. You can look, frankly, at the number of all pros they made, things like that. So Vinny Thierry, I think, should be in the Hall of Fame. To me, it's Morton, Gary, and Vinny Thierry, the three kickers should be in the Hall of Fame, plus the ones who already are, Groza, Stenerud, and Blanda. And mm-hmm. then Nick Lowry, by the way, uh, should also be in the Hall of Fame. That, that, to me, that's the full list of Hall of Fame kickers. You know, and then you want to talk about, okay. like, Steve Goskowski. I mean, you know, he's, he's played for 10 years. Let's see where he is 10 years from now, you know. you got to play 20 years to be a Hall of Fame kicker. Basically, which maybe is why Lowry's okay. there because he only played 17. Years. But uh, I mean, Vinatieri will obviously be first ballot. Not first ballot. No, Terrell Owens wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Who knows? Okay. It's impossible I, to predict. You are Vinatieri will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. The media loves him and he was great. Ter- Terrell Owens, the media hated him and he was great. Okay. Um, by the way, just uh, you know, the, Jerry Jones, Paul Tagliabue, or whatever. Um, the, the, so the other guy, so the other guy we didn't mention before Court Warner, we'll get to in a second. Isaac Bruce. To me, Isaac Bruce is a yes, but he's below all these other guys we've discussed. I have him as the 19th best receiver of all time. And everybody above him is in the Hall of Fame, pretty much, or is not yet eligible, or T.O., who will be shortly, uh, other than Art Powell, uh, who you know who played a very short career, but uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. To me, Isaac Bruce, it's just as time goes on, his numbers are a little bit less impressive, right? I have him behind Torrey Holt, mm-hmm. his teammate, for a lot of years in St. Louis. So... But uh, ultimately, I think he will be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, he wants to get in before. You know, then you're going to have Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson on the ballot eventually. And, and you know, Steve Smith and, and Brandon Marshall. There's lots of guys. So he wants to get in. There's always a logjam of receivers. But to me, uh, Isaac Bruce is yes, but not this year. Okay. All right. You want to argue with Kurt um, Warner for a second? No, there's nothing more to argue. I think he is borderline. I think he, he will get in one of these years, very possibly this year. All right. So I have him as the 29th best quarterback of all time. I have him right behind Randall Cunningham, who's another good example because Randall Cunningham had a couple of elite years in Philly, 
then disappeared, was literally out of football, the same with Kurt Warner, then came back, had a random elite year again with the Vikings, which is similar to, you know, what Warner Mm -hmm. did with, uh, you know, in St. Louis, obviously, and then in Arizona. Um, Named his daughter Vashti. Named his daughter Vashti. Yeah, he's got a better daughter than Kurt Warner, for sure. His daughter's in the Olympics. Mm -hmm, Um, But to me, you know, the top 25 quarterbacks are all Hall of Famers, except for Ken Anderson, who I stump for all the time. Ken Anderson... Insane that he's not in the Hall of Fame. The most, the most deserved uh, person who's eligible not in the Hall of Fame. I don't, I cannot fathom why he's not in the Hall of Fame. You know, he was uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in the late '70s, early '80s. He won a, you know, he won an MVP. He won, he went to multiple Pro Bowls. Um, I don't understand why Ken Anderson's not in the Hall of Fame, but everybody else above him is. But Kurt Warner to me is in the same category as Randall Cunningham and Roman Gabriel and Donovan McNabb and Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon's another guy, by the way, who had a couple of random elite years. Um, Daryl LaMonica. So Warner's in that that grouping to me. So I, I could see it either way. Uh-huh. Um, all right, fine. Let's let's switch over to baseball. Yeah, can I say one more thing? So one other chart I've made is I made a chart. I went back. Uh, I ranked every single quarterback for every single season going back to 1937, right? So in other words, yeah. like so for 2016, for example, I had Tom Brady number one, Matt Ryan number two, et cetera, et cetera. And then I do that for every single year. Then I collated all that information. I didn't just put together the average because then a guy who plays longer but has below average seasons at the end gets dragged down. What I did is I gave a number from 1 to 32 for each season, and then the best quarterback in the league gets 32 points, second best gets 31, et cetera. Um, you know, when there are 26 teams in the league, it's 1 to 26. When there are 18 teams in the league, it's 1 to 18, et cetera. And then, and then by doing that, you can sort of see, you can combine sort of how great a guy was at his elite, but also how long a guy played, all right? So as an example, I have Peyton Manning number one on that list. Peyton Manning, who was a starter for 17 years, and he has a total of 460 points. Tom Brady's second in 15 years. He has 404 points. Brett Favre is third in 19 years, has 400 points, etc. By that standard, uh, Kurt Warner is all the way down at 40th. He's one spot below Vinny Testaverde because he only he only played eight years, and he was only you know he had and he had only had four good years in those eight years. You know who Kurt Warner's closest mm-hmm. comp is actually another guy who won a Super Bowl, oh. Brad Johnson. Um, okay. Because people for, uh, people forget when Kurt Warner was bad, he was really bad. I mean, there's a reason he lost the job in St. Louis. That Kurt Warner won the Super Bowl. What? Yeah. So I have Warner from '99 to '01. This is on my. Uh, I wrote an article. Uh, if someone's interested, it's old, and I haven't updated it in a few years. But uh, I'll email it to you if you ask. Um, I wrote an article called "The Hundred Greatest Quarterbacks" uh, in about 2010, which I sent around and and uh, you know hoping to get hired by a sports network. One of the first and things you so, sent me uh, when uh, when when we uh, first met. Yeah, and uh, so from '99 to 2001. Warner has a 67% completion percentage, throws 98 touchdowns, wins the MVP twice, wins five playoff games. Then for the next five years, from 02 to 06, he um, throws 27 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, and never makes the playoffs yeah. in those five years. And loses his job multiple times, right? Loses a job to Mark yeah, Bulger, loses, loses a job to Eli Manning, loses a job to Matt Leinart. Yeah. Um, and then he goes right back to being dominant again. For two years, uh, but yeah. You know, yeah, for two years. He, in those two years, he throws more yards for more yards than he did in the previous five. 57 touchdowns to 31 picks, uh, and he and he makes uh, a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so he went from legendary to incumbent back to legendary. So, oh, really, so here's, uh, an, here's really. another way of putting it. So based on my chart, my annual chart, here's his numbers starting in 1999. All right? The, here's how he ranked mm-hmm. him on quarterbacks. First, seventh, mm-hmm. second, yeah. N.A., N.A., 25th, 20th, N.A., 13th, 6th, 10th. So that last run in Arizona, he was good, but he wasn't as good. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he had one Pro Bowl season and two, you know, good seasons, but you know, not amazing. Because also, everybody was putting up crazy numbers by the late aughts. But I mean, this also shows you the silliness of judging quarterbacks against other positions. Yeah. Well, that's why you got to judge him against. Yeah, you got to judge quarterback against quarterback. And by that standard, I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Okay. All right. Let's go to baseball. Okay, so we're done with our football. Mm-hmm. So now baseball, uh, we could say who we think will get in up top, but. Um, that will have already been decided. So this is just making a prediction that by the time this gets put up, unless you post this like an hour after we record it, uh, no one's going to hear. Um, all right. So let's start off with uh, who we think is going to get in quickly. All right. Who do you think's getting in? So Bagwell's going to get in for sure. Yeah. Bagwell's in. Pudge is going to get in. Pudge is getting in. Uh, Tim Raines is finally going to get in. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a little closer because I think the non – over half the people now give their ballots in. Um, yeah, I think the, this non- is the last year that we have to do this silliness because starting next year it's all public. Yeah, uh, four years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to keep a ballot um, like what the guy Ryan does now. Yeah. Uh, he just he just beat me at it. Trying to track, you yeah. really you should have gotten involved. Um, but I found a couple. Uh, one time I sent him uh, one of the non ballots, and <clears throat> did I mention this on the last podcast that I'm ninety nine percent sure I know who didn't vote for Griffey last year? I, I won't say his name on the podcast, but. I, I I figured out which writer did not vote. This for This is Griffey, an Akiva investigation. Yes, Akiva. But um, I I tried to Facebook the guy and tried to like get in touch with him to get confirmed. Um, but I did not get in touch and I sort of gave up. But I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure because he posted blank ballots a bunch of times before. Stopped giving in his ballot, but was on the list of people who voted. <coughs> um. Anyway, so the people who don't send in their ballots. Uh, are not going to vote for Reigns, but Reigns is at what eighty nine right now. Yeah, he's going to make it. So, so I, it'll be chance. close though. It's going to end up at like seventy seven. Yeah, it's his last chance. It would be very. Yeah. I mean, Jonah Carey will actually jump off a building if he misses by three votes, which is possible. It's going to be yeah. a lot closer than you think. And um, Jonah Carey, and, you know, and there then, was one and person one... who deserved all the credit um, for Burp Lyleven, for example, and, and for for Tim Reigns, it's Jonah Carey. Jonah Carey is the single person who's responsible for Tim Reigns making the Hall of Fame more than Tim oh, Reigns. Oh yeah, himself. he's actively campaigned. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't follow him on Twitter, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kerry like, actually called up a lot of writers to pitch his case at this point. Um, the fourth guy who's interesting is Trevor Hoffman, who's polling Tre- under 75% He's gonna make on it. the... Um, but what I found looking through the 2016 numbers were the only players who do better with the anonymous votes than with the non-anonymous votes. There was three other than Jason Kendall, only had a few votes total. Three players. We'll see what they have in common. Trevor Hoffman, Billy Wagner, Lee Smith. Yeah, exactly. Closer... <laughs> The, pe- the people who claim that they hate stats, the old school um, curmudgeonly beat writers. They like one who are being phased out, save. Who are being, yeah, who are being phased out of baseball and hopefully this earth. Um, uh, Maury they, Chase, lock your doors if Akiva's in the neighborhood. No, no, Maury Chase didn't vote for anybody. I respect that much more than a bad ballot. Oh, not voting. Is uh, this, I mean, what about the guy who tried to abstain but didn't realize that by submitting a blank ballot, you're not abstaining? I mean, listen. And then he said, oh, but I sent an explanatory note. 50 years and, and, yeah, these guys watched baseball for 50 years and didn't know what they were voting. Yeah. Like, they didn't know what they were watching the whole time. Well, but hold on. So um, I want to talk about that for a second. So, you know, one of the reasons that, that Major League Baseball players, for example, tend to mm-hmm. not be sabermetrically inclined is logical because they're motivated – by what has been, for example, they're motivated by RBIs because RBIs is what's been used traditionally in baseball to judge players. Pitchers are motivated by wins because that's how you judge pitchers. So sure, when, yeah, and, and say, right, they don't care about about value of like 
give me the five outs in the seventh and eighth. They need the saves for their next contract. Yeah, and, and also, frankly, when it comes to arbitration, for example, arbitration still uses traditional numbers. And arbit- you know, the arbitration yeah. process, which is a legal process that just decides how much these guys get paid, it doesn't look at you know at war, for example. Um, now here or XFIP. So here's my point with Tim Raines. Tim Raines seems better now than he did when he was playing because when he was playing, we didn't realize the value of his walks, for example. Sure. But doesn't isn't that a little bit of an indictment of him? Because it's not like Tim Raines was so smart he knew what he was doing. Tim Raines was accidentally good at something <laughs> that we didn't appreciate. No, I'm, I'm serious. Kind of, like Tim Raines. Maybe he was a genius ahead of his time. But was he really? I mean, first of all, he was high in cocaine during most of that. I wish, we had Jonah, I, I wish we had Jonah carry on to like destroy you for that insane take. No, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> is should, t- Tim Raines. He should have hit 240 with 20 walks and hit 35 home runs and he'd be in the, he'd be in the Hall well, of Fame. Well, I mean, he would be. First of all, we know that for sure. He would have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago if, if half of his walks were hits instead. And that's the argument of why he should be in the Hall of Fame, and I don't disagree with that. But I'm just saying that a little bit, it's like, well, what what was he trying to do? What was his motivation at the time? Maybe his managers always said, just get on base. I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't a contemporary to know like what was going on in Montreal in 1983 to really, to really mm. know the answer to that. Yeah. All right, so give me your top ten. I'll give you my top ten. Let's okay. do this quickly. So I have number one, Jeff Bagwell. Uh, the reason I have Bagwell, I, I wait, whoa, wait, number one, Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. Okay, my list already destroys yours. Okay. Why do you say that? Uh, so just uh, just to wrap that up, so that's three people who are going to get in. I think Rain's going to be much closer than anybody else thinks, um, and that there's a chance he misses for sure. And then Hoffman, uh, who's at like seventy three percent, I think Hoffman misses by like ten votes. Okay, and then Vladi misses by like you know seventy percent. He gets. All right. um, Jeff Bagwell is the wait, fifth best first. Staying. Jeff Bagwell. Time out. Is the fifth. Time out. Time out. Time out. Yeah. The two best players on the ballot. Or Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, they have to be number one, number two, or tied for number one. Well, okay, so hold on. So what are you doing? Why are they not number one? Like well, you're, you're everything you say now. Like people should listen to me, but you have no, you have no merit to what you're going to say. If you think Jeff Bagwell is better than Roger Clemens, strictly when it comes to on the field performance. Okay, I think you think Bagwell is better than Barry Bonds. Are you going to interrupt me again? Yeah, because I'm waiting for the worst take okay. of all time. I'm Simply very excited. when it comes to on the field performance, if that's how we're ranking mm-hmm. them, I would have Barry Bonds number one. I would have Roger Clemens number mm-hmm. two. However, okay. I'm ranking this of how I think they merit to go into the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell is the fifth greatest first baseman of all time. He should have been a mm-hmm. first ballot, no question, slam dunk Hall of Famer. Barry mm-hmm. Bonds and Roger Clemens have a chink in their armor, which is steroids. That's a racist word, but keep going. Which, which is the steroids issue. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I I don't care as much as the idiots refuse so to. Why, if you're putting them in, they're number one. No. If you're not putting them in, no, because Barry Bonds once walked two hundred. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. By that standard, does that mean that Sammy Sosa has to be in? Yeah, Sammy Sosa's getting in on my ballot. Okay, because he's one okay, of the so ten best wrong. players on this ballot. Okay, so you're wrong. That's fine. But the point is that I take I take the steroids thing into account a little bit, right? It is not enough to knock Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out of the Hall That's of Fame dumb. because they're inner circle Hall of Famers anyways. Okay, Sammy Sosa, by the way, is not Sammy Sosa's numbers. Sammy Sosa's OPS. Oh, I know he's not in a circle, but I but he's he's in my top ten. Okay, well he shouldn't be. Sosa, I have just so you know, I have him as the twenty sixth best corner outfielder of all time, which is actually he's similar to Larry Walker and, and Tim Raines, but he's a guy who very clearly is only there because of steroids because he was only there because of okay, home fine. runs. Other than home runs, uh, I, you know, I I didn't watch him do the steroids, so I'm going to put him in the Hall of Fame. And when you know, if you have evidence that he did, right. call me. Just up so you know, so Sammy Sosa's OPS plus. And by the way, wait, are you putting Manny in? Is Manny on your list? We'll get to that. Sammy Sosa's OPS okay. plus is 128. Okay, mm-hmm. Manny Ramirez, who you just brought up, his OPS plus is 154. 
That means Sosa was 28% better than the average hitter when he played, the average hitter at all positions. Yeah. And he played the least defensively important position, and he was terrible defensively. Manny Ramirez is, was not terrible defensively. Well, what, what, he was an average defender. Well, yeah, by the by, by the mid-30s, he was bad, yeah. He was better when he was on the White Sox than in his early well, Cubs yeah, years. a lot of people were bad when they were mid-30s. Manny but... Ramirez, Manny Ramirez, okay, his OPS is over 100 points higher than Sammy Sosa. His OPS for his career is almost 1,000. His OPS plus is 154. He was 54% better you, than the average Why hitter. are you telling me that Manny Ramirez is better than Sammy Sosa? Everyone knows that. Okay, well, well you asked me that. Okay. Right. No, everyone knows. I just want to know because, Man- okay, Manny Ramirez is different than Barry Bonds, different than Roger Clemens, and different than, than Sammy Sosa. He got caught and suspended for cheating. Barry Bonds didn't cheat. He may have done something Bear- um, that, was not, that was not looked upon favorably, no, no. It, it, but it he was, did not cheat. It was illegal by the, by the mid-2000s. Yes, it was. It, it, it wasn't illegal in 1998, 1999, 2000, 2001. It was not illegal in baseball. Yes, it was. It was illegal, you mean? Yes, it was. They just, they, the was testing illegal? wasn't good enough to catch him. Okay, well, he didn't get caught. Yeah. Mary Ramirez literally got caught and suspended, so I have no problem if you leave him. Right. Anyways, so I have Bonds 2, Clemens 3. The point is they all should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, yes, obviously. Okay. So that my, obviously my 1, 2, 3 is different than yours and better, but, but Wait, so same, who, who, same who, who's, who do you have third then after Bonds and Clemens? Well, I have Pudge before Bagwell, okay. but I have no problem with yeah. Bagwell. So Pudge, time. I have Pudge as the third best catcher of all time behind Johnny Bench and Yogi Berra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he is number four on my list. So we have the same top four then? No, I, yeah. No, I have no, and again, just for... For getting a good catcher is so valuable that yes, I'm sure it's hard to get to come up with metrics where Pudge's numbers are better than Jeff Bagwell's. Bill James is the biggest Jeff Bagwell fan on earth. If you ever read, read did you ever read Bill James' historical baseball abstract, the best sports book ever written? Yeah, but I mean, like when I was like 18. Or it's so good. Yeah. Everyone should go out, and I'm sure you could find it for like five bucks online now. It's really amazing. Uh, and even though it's like he hasn't updated it in a while, like you know, a lot of those players are dead, so that stuff. But like. He's a super big Jeff Bagwell fan and a ridiculously big Beggio fan. Yep. Bill James. Okay, now my, my next two spots go to the two best pitchers who are eligible for the Hall of Fame and not in the Hall of Fame. In fact, of my top 65 starting pitchers of all time, top 65, there's only three who aren't in the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame. Roger Clemens, who I have number three behind Cy Young and Walter Johnson, mm-hmm. and then Mike Mussina and Kurt Schilling. So to me, they are both – no. oh, sorry, and Kevin Brown, I have number 56. Kevin Brown should also be in the Hall of Fame, but isn't even on the ballot anymore. Yeah. Um, Kevin Brown severely underrated. He's a guy who just he had no team basically to root from because he moved around so much. Um, and he was unlikable. The yeah. Well, hated. but when it comes to unlikable, obviously that's the reason why Kurt Schilling, who will make it eventually, you know, isn't going to be anywhere close this year. Last year at fifty two percent, he'll make it eventually if he if he comes down. Yeah. I mean, he was at fifty two percent last up. year, and then and then right. th- this year he announced that um, that journalists should be shot. So. Yeah, people think it's a Republican thing. It's not. It's that he attacked the people. Yeah, it's got nothing to do. And, you know, like, yeah, most most base, most white baseball players are Republicans, and a lot of them are very public. And 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 even the ones who aren't shouldn't vote based on someone's political preference. Yeah, it's just that he's an. Ins- yeah, Mike Mussina is not a Republican. He's an asshole. There's a difference. Um, and so yes, yeah, but Kurt, excuse me, Kurt Schilling, excuse me, sorry, Mike Mussina, my apologies. But yeah, so Kurt Schilling and Mike Mussina to me, uh, they're five and six on my ballot. Um. Okay. I. I put Schilling in and have Mucina. We'll talk about Mucina soon. Oh, no. Let's talk about Mucina now. Mike Mucina is the oh, 34th no, best starting pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. To me, the, the interesting thing to me about Mucina is that I think he's like the typical example. Because even when he was playing, there was more than almost any other player like, hey, is this guy a Hall of Famer? You know, um, well, was never like was never so dominant that uh, you know he, he has five uh, he has five top ten WAR seasons only only got a couple MVP votes ever it was never so dominant that it's like oh my god this is like the guy in um 
you know, this is like the pitcher in in uh, what's it called? In you know, this is he. I, I don't think he was ever the best pitcher in the American League. He was never in. So the first NFL. of all, in, when he was in Baltimore. He was actually even better, but he was in Baltimore. wasn't getting as much attention. And when he came to the Yankees, it's an interesting thing for Yankees always. And this goes, this is historically true all the way back to Whitey Ford. Yankees hitters, who by the way I have as the fifteenth greatest pitcher of all time. Yankees hitters are always overrated, and Yankees pitchers are always underrated, Rivera excluded. For some reason, the Yankees mm-hmm. are seen as an offensive team, and so their pitchers sort of get a little bit forgotten. Mike Mussina was not Andy Pettit. Andy he, Pettit was like you know the he Andy, was he was in his defense he was also a, a fantastic fielder. Who? He won. He won seven Gold Gloves. Mike Musina. Musina, yeah. Uh, Musina has thirteen uh, Chester uh, Cy Young points, which is by the way his Cy Young voting is fascinating. He got votes nine times, which is great. Never won. Only came top three twice. So he has two fours, three fives, and three sixes, which is great. I mean, but it's just funny that he was never the guy, and he's only top three once, but but top six nine times. Yeah, um, I have no problem with Musina. Uh, to me, he's just. His greatness is more sustained than a lot of these other guys. By the way, Mike Musina should have won in 1992 when Dennis Eckersley won, which is ridiculous. You know, they didn't know anything about mm-hmm. close. I have, I have him second in 94 when he actually finished fourth. I have him third in 95 mm-hmm. when he actually finished fifth. I have him third in 99. So all the times I have him in the top three are all in Baltimore. I only have him as a top three finisher once in New York, and that's in 2001. I had him at second. He actually finished fifth. Uh, Roger Clemens, his teammate, won. Uh, who didn't even play a full, you know, and that's just because he, Roger Clemens got all the wins. Um, so, yeah, Musina's best years actually were in Baltimore, but then he came to New York. He was still very good for a long time. Uh, he won 270 yeah, games. longevity and consistency for him. So. Yeah. Again, his ERA plus is 123. Schillings is 127, so they're almost identical. And, they are very similar. Yeah, and he has 300 more innings than, than Schilling, so he pitched longer. And although Musina, people would say, oh, he's not, he doesn't have the great moments that Schilling had, um, he... He was a really good postseason pitcher. Yeah, like his postseason whip in a lot of innings is is one ten. All right, I want I want to compare Mike Musina to somebody, Bob Feller, who a lot of people love. You know, the first guy to throw hundred miles per hour. You know, the great Cleveland Indian from the late nineteen forties. Yeah, um, Bob Feller. Let's not play. No one cares. No, but hold, this is good because Bob Feller and Mike Musina played almost the exact length, of, same length of time. Their their innings pitched are very yeah. similar. Wins two sixty six to two seventy, almost identical. ERA plus, Mucina's at 123, uh, Feller's at 122, almost identical. War, Mucina actually has 11 more war. So, um, no, I'm just saying. So Mike Mucina's is – Mike Mucina in any other era would be a no-question Hall of Famer. Okay, no, he's great. No problem with Mucina. So I have Edgar 5. To me, also, Edgar gets some Ichiro points where he's Ichiro Japanese. Points? No, Edgar, Edgar – Ichiro points. Ed, Ichiro, I mean, he ended up getting the 3,000 hits. He's not going to – he's going to be a lock Hall of Famer. But there was a time when people said, is Ichiro going to make it in? Are people going to realize – that he lost a lot of his career to Japan. Edgar was didn't make the majors till much later than he should have, and he was hitting like 400 every year in AAA. Whose fault is that? I don't, it's it the dumb the organization. He, he was hitting 400. Like, there's nothing more he could have done other than hit 500. Obviously, there's something more he could have done because he didn't make it into the majors. Why didn't he make it to the majors? It was a dumb organization that didn't want to give up the DH spot. Well, he, first of all, he played third base the first five years of his career. So Yeah, so maybe they were trying to work on his defense. But to me, you have to factor in uh, this idea that that he wasn't good enough to make it into the majors until late in his career, like that's all true about. He Melvin was Mora. amazing. They he was OPSing a thousand in the Pacific Coast League every first year, all, and they weren't first putting of all, him the Pacific in. Pacific Coast League, and I know because that's where the Twins AAA affiliate is. The Pacific Coast League's average yeah. OPS is nine hundred. Just for the record, like great pitchers have ERAs of five fifty in that league. Okay, so j- just right. mention he his was... OPS isn't like very helpful. Okay. Anyway, he was dominant. 
Uh, he just didn't have as many seasons as some other guys, although he had plenty of seasons. All right, so here's where I part way with the stat heads. I have Edgar Martinez 14th on this ballot. That's insane. To me, Edgar mm-hmm. Martinez is not I, – I don't have a problem with him getting in the Hall of Fame. To me, he's on the borderline. But it's very yeah. hard to justify putting him in on this ballot because there's 13 guys who deserve it more than him. Okay, but you're saying he's a Hall of Famer. He's just not – he's just 14th here. Well, I don't know. I, I have him as the – I have him – well, so, okay. So I, I don't have DH ranking separate, so I rank him, you know, among third basemen. I have him as the 15th best third baseman of all time. Third base is by far the position with the least amount of guys in the Hall of Fame. That Although there's going to be two. I think there's certainly one next year. Chipper, and Jones, has a good chance. Chipper Jones is, you know, will be in, in his first ballot. Scott Rowland should be. Yeah, he's the top. Scott Rowland should Rowland be, will be, but won't be. Adrian Beltran. No, well, Roland, I think, I think will make it. I think right. Roland is going to have well, Jim Edmonds, a Edgar Jim Edmonds dropped off the ballot in one year. Yeah, I, I, the difference. I just a lot of its perception with the because the stat guys are going to like Roland. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I hope Scott I, Roland I makes it. Adrian Beltre, obviously, Edmonds was on ridiculous ballots that had thirty, you know, had twenty two Hall of Famers on it, and now we're lo- closing down towards like twelve or fourteen. Yeah, because the because the, we're putting in three or four every year. Uh, and so it's, you know, we're sort of catching up a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, next year is interesting also because you have Omar Vizquel who, uh, you know, some – like man's Ozzie Smith. He's not going to get in next year. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it's so hard to gauge defense and we have no good defensive metrics. Yeah. Um, anyways, among other third basemen, um, Adrian Beltre obviously will make it when he retires. David Wright should make it, but who knows among third basemen. Uh, you think David Wright is a Hall of Famer if he retires now? I have David Wright number 11. I mean, his basically over. I have David Wright number 11 on my oh third my base God. rankings. Everybody above That's him is in the Hall of Fame except for Chipper, Roland, and Beltre. I mean, I'll tell you what. Unless Wright's back gets healed and, and neck gets healed or whatever, and he's not making the Hall of Fame. He's not going to make it, but he's better than no. Edgar Martinez. Well, well listen. Because he's <laughs> also a great defensive player. Martinez was a negative on he that. He was. I, I mean, he literally can't. What's weird to me is how the stat guys all of a sudden ignore defense when it comes to, like, yeah. DHs. No. What What do you mean the stat guys? The the sabermetric guys yeah. ignore Well, ignore. all the sabermetric guys love Edgar Martinez as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, because why are we – Why listen, Edgar could have played a bad third base and we would barely hold it against him. He did. Him. He, we he, would he played a bad third base for five years. Yeah, and we and he was a five in Stratomatic, for all you Stratomatic heads out yeah. there, and, and we, we wouldn't hold it against him. You're going to talk about Gary Sheffield in a minute, and Gary Sheffield couldn't freaking do anything other than throw the ball. He was really good at that, but he couldn't catch the ball. And so, you know, he could have been Gary Sheffield out there, and you'd have no problem with it. So, you know, why punish the Mariners for being smart? Well, first of all, Gary Sheffield was a scarier hitter to me than Edgar ever was. Gary oh, Sh- oh I, sorry. Hold on, hold on. I just have to update my scary hitting metric. One second. Gary Sheffield also stole that 250. above scariness. Gary Sheffield also stole 250 bases. And Gary Sheffield— No, I'm not saying that they're a player. I'm okay. just asking you why why you're not punishing Gary Sheffield for defense, which well, I did. Well, Sheffield, first and of all, Sheffield played—you know, Sheffield started as a second baseman, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was a DH by the time he was, you know, 36, but he was still a good—he was still a decent outfielder. He was a better outfielder than, than Manny ever was. He was an atro—according—you know, he was an atrocious outfielder, according to uh, basically everybody, other than the fact that he had a great arm. Yeah, he had a great arm. Well, that's, you know, that's a part of the value of, of being a good outfielder. All right, so I have Edgar 5, I have Vladi 6. Where do you have Vladi? Okay, so Vlad, he's another guy. The only reason that I think that he's rated so highly is because of the fact that he played in Montreal and Jonah Carey, everybody loves him in the Stathead community, and so they love like No, he w- when he was playing, he was considered a Hall of Fame-type player. Okay, and that's crazy talk, okay? Uh, Vlad Guerrero I have is the 19th best uh, corner outfielder of all time. His numbers— that's really good. L- let's compare him to— 19th best, that's Hall of Fame, no? Well, I mean— Probably. Everybody around him in the Hall of Fame. But again, we have a very deep ballot. So I have Vlad Guerrero number 12 on my ballot. Interesting. Um, let's compare Vlad. 
uh, Guerrero to Gary Sheffield, okay? Let, 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 okay? Just compare their numbers for a second, okay? The traditional numbers, Sheffield has more of all of them. More home runs, more RBIs, more steals, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're OPS plus. They're both at 140. So they both have exactly identical OPS pluses. Is it worth pointing out to you that Guerrero played on abysmal teams where he was being pitched around constantly and, like, he had Jose Vidro as his only, like— First of all, you're uh, talking about you when know, he played in Montreal. He also played half his career yeah. for the Angels. That team was all offense, no defense. Yeah, but his, and then Texas his and best, other teams. like five— Four or five best seasons were essentially in Montreal. Okay, but Gary Sheffield had great seasons in San Diego early in his career. Or in Florida before they signed up and added everybody, right? Or the Dodgers weren't mm-hmm. that great when Sheffield was there. You're thinking of Sheffield when mm-hmm. he was on the Yankees, you know, when he was 37. No, I'm not talking about Sheffield at all. Anyways. I'm just saying, like, Lottie was famous for being, like, a one-man army. To me, Gary Sheffield was better than Vlad Guerrero. They both have 60 war, by the way. So uh, uh, Sheffield has a slight advantage, 60.4. I mean, to me, Vladi is, you know, I rank them. Vladi won Sosa 2. Sheffield three and Larry Walker behind them at four, but they're all relatively close to you each other. You literally have opinion. them in reverse order from fewest war to most war. Just pointing that out. Their war is very close to each well, other. No, Larry all Walker's at seventy three. He blows them out of the water. The other three are all. Between. Well, Larry, yeah, but, but war. How much does war adjust for Colorado? Just completely for Colorado. The best example: Dante Bichette. Dante Bichette had a negative war in a year in which he batted. I had thirty home runs and batted three thirty. Literally, he had negative war. So where do you have? Where do you have Walker? I have. So I have Larry Walker at number ten. To me, I have Larry Walker okay. right ahead of, right behind Sheffield, right ahead of Guerrero. And Walker was a good base runner and an excellent fielder. Great fielder so. also, yeah. His career is a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so to me, so anyway, so um, I have Manny Ramirez. But I also think, but also, I don't, ultimately, I think all of these guys are all famers. Every name we've said to me is, is should be. Yeah, so I have, so they, they all play the same position. So on my corner outfielder rankings, I have Barry Bonds, obviously should be in at number three. Uh, I have, I have Manny Ramirez at number nine. To me, he should be in, no question. Uh, Pete Rose, not on the ballot. I have at 14. I'm just saying guys who are not in the Hall of Fame. Gary Sheffield, number 16, should be in the Hall of Fame. Vlad Guerrero, number 19, should be in the Hall of Fame, but below these other guys. Uh, Larry Walker, um, the next, and Tim Raines. So all these guys. And then uh, Sammy Sosa is the next best guy after that. But Sammy Sosa, again, you know, he he, he did one thing. I just don't. I, Sosa and Sheffield's numbers are so similar. Yeah, but but Sheffield was better in every They're other really aspect of the similar. game. And that's not true. No, no, Sosa was a much better defensive player than Sheffield. Sheffield's OPS plus is 140. Sosa's is 128. That's a huge gap. 140 is an MVP season. 128 is like a borderline all-star. Yeah. Sosa was substantially better. Sosa was probably an above-average defensive player, and Sheffield was an abominable right fielder. And yet Sheffield has more war than Sosa does. So, Not defensively. His defensive war is terrible. Okay, but overall he has more war. All right. Anyway, we're nitpicking because I like Sheffield, and you like his scariness factor, both on and off the field. Uh, so I like all these guys. All right. Tim uh, Raines, and then, ready to discuss. And then Trevor. Jeff Kent. Any yeah, thoughts thought on Jeff Kent? He was uh, good on Survivor. You know, I think he probably, had he not played his hand so hard, he probably wouldn't have gotten voted out at the merge, and I think he could have made, like, the final five or six. All right. So I have Jeff Kent number 11 on my ballot. I have him as the 13th mm-hmm. best second baseman of all time. Yeah. Everybody in the top 15 is in, except for Robbie Cano, who will be. Chase Sutley, mm-hmm. by the way, I have at 16. He should be as well. Lou Whitaker, mm-hmm. by the way, should be as well. He's number 18. But, um, Lou Whitaker, that's my dad, yeah. yeah. Um, so to me, uh, I, Jeff Kent is a borderline guy, like a lot of these corner outfielders, frankly. I would put him yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a, I, we, I, I'm not ready to talk about Kent yet because he's clearly not as good as any of these outfielders. All right, and then Fred McGriff. So, oh, but he played when they're in, I'm happy to. All right, and then. Um, and, you know, and McGriff also. He's just behind those guys. So McGriff played a little bit before them, right? So it's a little bit hard to compare yeah. his numbers. Yeah, yeah. I, I had heard, he got to the 500, he would have gotten a lot more votes from. The yeah, old the thing is, the, I understand not putting Fred McGriff in because uh, you want to hear a list of first basemen who I have not who I have ranked nope. a, 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 ahead of him: Todd Helton, Carlos nope, Delgado, Rafael Palmeiro, Jim Tomei. 
None of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Tommy will be, obviously. Yeah. Well, Pal- I mean, Palmero would be a Hall of Famer if not yeah. for steroids. But Carlos Delgado's not making the Hall of Fame. No, Todd Helton. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he's a one. He's off the ballot in one year, yeah. probably Delgado. Todd Helton almost certainly not making the Hall of Fame. No, not definitely not making it. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, so we've covered pretty much everybody on the ballot, other than um, Lee Smith. The closers. Lee Smith's not even close. So forget about it. that's silly. Um, no. I have number nineteen on my ballot. Jorge Posada. I have number eighteen. Jorge Posada is the only first-time guy, other than those we've already mentioned, who I think deserves some votes, deserves to stay on the ballot. Yeah, I think he'll he'll bump up a little bit um, when Pudge gets off that he's the only closer there. But I, Catcher, he's, yeah. he's not. Getting but he, close. Yeah, he he's not a Hall of Famer, but he should stay on the ballot. You agree about that, right? Yeah, yeah, he he belongs on the ballot. He a great player on a great team. I I got no problem. With yeah, that. I have Jorge Posada as the twentieth best catcher of all time. Uh, the top yeah, fifteen that's is probably. That's probably not Hall of Fame. Yeah, the top caliber, 15 is all Hall of Famers, but then right right ahead of him is Gene Tennes, Deacon White, Lance Parrish, none of them in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. No, no. Uh, Victor Martinez is right below him, Benito Santiago, uh, Thurman Munson. Uh, yeah. All right, so wh- let's talk about Thurman Munson's in the Hall of Fame, right? No, um, he's no, he's not. He's not in the Hall of Fame? No. He played too short also. He died when, you know what? They're talking about, well, he died. Yeah. Well, he, They're talking about him on the Yes Network like he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, because Yan- he's, he's a Yankees Hall of Famer. <laughs> Um, so let's just talk about Wagner and Hoffman for a second. Okay, sure. So yeah, let's talk about Wagner. Okay, so first of all, um, you know, Mariano Rivera obviously will be, should be a Hall of Famer, uh, best closer of all time. I have Billy Wagner fourth on my closer list, and I, and, and everybody else in the top five is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Eckersley, uh, Hoyt Wilhelm, and Goose Gossage. Uh, and then I have, by the way, Raleigh Finger should not be in the Hall of Fame. He's only there because of his mustache. And Bruce... Listen. That's a contributor win. Yeah, I mean, Raleigh Fingers, his ERA plus is 119. That's really bad for a, for a closer, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's horrible. Um, Billy Wagner compared to Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman has the most saves of all time until, you know, until Rivera broke his record. That is the only thing he has over Wagner. Okay, let's compare their numbers. They both played in the exact same time. They both retired at the exact same time, 2010. Um, so they, the, you're looking at identical, identical numbers, basically, okay? Billy Wagner, 12K mm-hmm. per nine versus Hoffman's at nine. Billy Wagner, mm-hmm. four Ks per walk versus Hoffman's at three point seven. Let's get to the whip. Wagner's whip is better. ERA plus blows him out of the water. Billy Wagner's ERA plus is one eighty seven, which again means he's eighty seven percent better than the average pitcher. Hoffman's at one forty one. That is dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Fangraphs does a thing called shutdowns versus meltdowns. You know what those are? No. Okay, so it's a great stat that you. I mean, I can figure it out. It's great pitching performances versus bad pitching. Performances. Yeah. So basically, the way they do it is, you know, on fan graphs, every single play that happens in baseball increases or decreases your likelihood of winning the game, right? Mm-hmm. So a shutdown is when between when you enter the game and when you exit the game, your team's likelihood of winning the game has improved by more than fifteen percent. And a meltdown is when your team's likelihood of winning the game has decreased by more than fifteen percent. So it's a better version of mm-hmm. saves versus blown saves, basically. Yeah. All right, Wagner, his shutdown uh, to meltdown ratio is three point nine to one. Mm-hmm. All right, and what's Hoffman? And Hoffman's is let's see, five eighteen divided by one thirty eight is well three point seven to one. All right, so they're pretty close actually. But um, anyways, the point is Wagner's ERA plus is way better. His K his K nine rate, all his numbers are better except for one. Which all right, is so you're saying Wagner's better? Is he is he Hall of Famer? You're saying yes. Is Hoffman a Hall of Famer? No, I'm saying no. Well, I have, so I have Wagner fifteen on this ballot. Yeah, but 15th is still borderline to you as a whole. He's a favorite. borderline, yeah, and Hoffman's borderline also. But but Wagner should be ahead of Hoffman okay. is my point. There's no okay. possible way to justify putting Hoffman ahead of Wagner unless you purely Other look than at saves. saves, which they, they're, yeah. that's what they're looking look, at. Look, there's 17 guys on this ballot right. who I'd be okay with in the Hall of Fame. That includes Sosa. Sure. But to me— All right, let's—, let's yeah. yeah, but to me, I'd really cut it off at probably at Vlad Guerrero. I'd have Fred McGriff and Edgar Martinez just out of the Hall of Fame, and I'd have Wagner and Sosa and Hoffman out of the Hall of Fame as well. 
Okay, let's get to uh, let's get, get, read some iTunes reviews and encourage more people to send them in, and let's get going. Sure. All right. So we we asked people to submit iTunes reviews reviews, and we say we'll read them on the air, and then people submitted them, and we never did. So, so let's do it. All right. Well, why don't you do it? You, you're looking at them. Okay, uh, Max, uh, the millennial, wrote in and said, uh, I'm actually winning my pool because of this podcast. I was turned on this podcast because of the great Seinfeld recap with Akiva. It's amazing, and even for a person who knows little about football, ridiculously entertaining. To cap it all off, I'm still in my suicide pool because of this cast. Oh, so I you posted that in not... mid-December. Yeah. So, Max, let, let, us, let know us know if, happened, uh, did, did you make it all the way yeah. through? We didn't make a right pick all year, so I'm not <laughs> sure how you were in it. But maybe he just, like, faded us and went against Something like that. Yeah, possible. Do. Yeah. Uh, Jeff P. says, easily my favorite NFL podcast. These guys are very knowledgeable about the league. They bring wit and humor all season and even in the offseason. Well worth your time. Uh, Mike K. says, uh, great banter and chemistry. I love this podcast for a few reasons. First of all, neither host is biased about his team. Their impartial nature. Well, hold on. You're biased in that you hate the Jets. Yeah, that's true. Right. I am biased the other way. That is correct. Their impartial nature allows them to look at the bigger picture, unlike some other NFL podcast hosts. Secondly, Akiva and Tweety Simmons there? great chemistry. As, as podcast hosts, they make fun of each other and keep it very light for the most part. Light. I literally said I hope he dies a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, finally, I appreciate how they incorporate their listeners into the podcast. For example, they're planning on starting a pool of fools. What, what are you promoting our gambling? We're going to go to jail uh, and are inviting listeners to take part. I like uh, when people like uh, if hypothetically people would send money like uh, for, you know, if gambling were legal and they would write on the thing. Note like. For yeah. uh, gam, you know, for like as if I wouldn't know why, like this person. Yeah, I had a couple people do that, and uh, because of that, uh, PayPal uh, took a chunk of their money for me. No, I don't think that. I think they just didn't write clicking f- friends and family. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, uh, Harry in Atlanta says great podcast by a pair of great guys. I was even listening to a year in review where this podcast was rated as the second best one, twenty sixteen. Ooh, Harry's funny. He should be on this oh, show. Best of you. Yeah. Well, listen, Harry. If the Falcons make the Super Bowl, maybe we'll bring you on. Yeah, um, we'll have Harry, Harry, and Mike Clark could just yell at each other. We don't have. Do we have a good Packers guy? Yeah, we had a lot of good Packers guys actually. Because we have Jim as the Steelers, we have Mike Clark as Patriots, and we have Harry as Falcons. Yeah, um, I mean, we don't we don't have Packers we, guys who are friends, but we have Packers guys who have come on who have been good guests. So. Okay, fine. Uh, I'm sure there's some bandwagon Packers fans that are come up in the next few weeks. Oh, we also have Stu as a, as a Steelers fan. He's a diehard Steelers <laughs> fan. Please. <laughs> He painted over his Jaguars jerseys with Steelers stuff. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's it. This was, uh, you know, we didn't argue that much. And uh, All right. So next week we'll talk – we'll maybe we'll talk about the Super Bowl. And... Hold on. So you had promised that we were going to have some epic argument uh, over the Baseball Hall of Fame vote. What was that big argument? I, you know what? I had to pee the whole time, so I was trying to rush in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to argue more about, like, Sosa Sheffield. Also, you didn't really – ultimately, like, this is the, the – um, the outfielders were too close for me to really get too upset about. Yeah, it. no, they are all pretty close. But but and I I want I want like I want Hoffman to get in only because like it clears up the ballot for. But more it upsets guys to get me that Jim Edmonds, who to me is better than all these guys, came and went last year so quickly. Yeah, I mean sometimes they have crowded ballots. Guys fall off. Kevin Brown fell, fell off right away. Uh, I'm not sure why. I, I'm I I'd say if you listen to when we talked about this last year, I was pretty accurate, even though I didn't think Vladdy would get seventy. Like I know Roland will do much better than Edmonds, and he'll be at least be around. For yeah, a long Jim Edmonds, time. by the way, was far better defensively than any of the guys we've discussed. Right, had more WAR yeah. than any of the guys we've discussed. And by the way, his OPS plus is one thirty two. I mean, for a center yeah, fielder, also, that's really incredible. Him. So it's very sad to me that Jim Edmonds and um, you know, Car- when Carlos Beltran comes up, I, I think the difference between Edmonds and Beltran though is, is Beltran you know, had more famous playoff moments probably. Yeah, for sure. Even though Edmonds was a much better offensive player and a better defensive player, frankly, 
And he, and he had a couple legendary yeah. playoff moments. You know, he had that home run for the well, Cardinals. Also, Bob, Bel- Bob Beltran had big moments in New York also, which do- which killed yeah, big moments in true. St. Louis. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, St. Louis is um, the biggest baseball town as there is, but... Yeah, but only to other dumb Cardinals fans. Yeah, well, we'll no have offense, be- best, fans, fans. best fans in baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, only according to them. They're the most hated fans by the other 29 Yeah, fans. St. Louis, by the way, was an interesting city for my uh, sports rankings, for my sports city rankings. All right, well, don't don't spoil it. Because, yeah, because you, you really... Well, I think with that, I'm just trying to, like, push you off until, like, you forget about it, and then we don't do it. But, but I thought you wanted to no, do I that. I thought that was that. an idea that you had also. No, I do. I, yeah, I have no... No, it was totally your idea. I would never think about something so lame. No, people have asked um, us specifically for that. that I, I did it because people asked us for it. Okay. Yeah, we'll do sports city rankings. We got plenty of, plenty of time in February and March and April and May, June, July, August. All the sad months with no football. <laughs> Very depressing three games left. It's actually kind of terrible. I, and it's also like we complained about football this whole year because it was a bad season. But now it's like I would kill for like a Titans Jaguars game on TV tonight, you know? Yeah. Oh, if, if they had like a like a Boca Raton Bowl, I, I would watch every. Oh, I'd play be watching like for Matt, sure. Matt Castle and the Titans versus. Listen, I'm going to do an experiment here. So first of all, if you have not given us an iTunes review yet, uh, please do. Uh, we'll read it on the air unless you ask us not to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to edit this podcast the way you usually do. I'm just going to put it up the way it is, including with our gaps and and uh, me getting wrong about Joe Flacco having been to two Super Bowls. <laughs> Okay. So if you listen this far, tell me if you thought the quality was significantly worse because I didn't edit it. Because if you don't think so, then I'm wasting like six hours a week editing something that people don't really care about. So, No, tell him that he should edit it. At least when we have like – because there was a lot of times I didn't say anything because I figured, oh, Chester will cut in these gaps. All right. All right, Kilo, go to hell. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.